Hey, before we get started tonight, guys, I just wanted to mention our online store. I uh, I was working this weekend and I updated a whole bunch of things. Again, divingpod.itemorder.com. You go on there and you'll see a lot of updates from the last time. But previously, we only had a t-shirt and a hoodie to choose from. Now, you go on there, you get to pick your logo. So the screen printed logo, that's got the full front. You can choose a t-shirt, a hoodie, an upgraded tri-blend hoodie from New Era. There's ladies tees, there's youth tees and hoodies. Or you could choose the embroidered logo. And the embroidered logo, it's the left crest, a little more um, classy, a little smaller logo on the front. Again, similar garment mix. There's hoodies. There's also hats. Uh, those Richardson 112 snapbacks. Those are a popular one with everybody. And then not only is there an embroidered logo, but I also created a leather patch logo. And that one is super cool. It's in the shape of a diamond. It's obviously got our diving pod logo on it. We can put that on garments if you want. And that is an option on the online store, but also on those Richardson snapback hats. And we can tag that logo either front and center or even off to the side panel. We've been doing that a lot lately, but um, just wanted to give some love to Cowling Robards. That is my family's business. That is where I created this online store. And just make sure you get over to that store. Again, divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter divepod at checkout. That gets free shipping. Even if you don't order anything and you just want to check out what this online store stuff is and looks like, maybe you have your own club and you want your own garments and your own logo, let me know. I'm happy to create an online store for you, for your team. And um, we can just kind of work through all of this together and you get to work with me. So I like to think that's a, a nice little perk there. So Make sure you check out our, our new updated online store. And uh, with that, we will get to the episode. Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Heath Calhoun. And I am Aaron Rooney. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Make sure you use our link tree in our Instagram bio Get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out their poolside live package. I just fielded a couple questions from coaches on how to connect, you know, using the Sideline Scout viewer app and then getting that QR code to scan the clipping directly into the viewer app. So it's super seamless, super easy to use once you do kind of go through that first little, all right, how do I get into the right place where I need to go? And then it's just smooth sailing after that and you get to spend your time coaching and not messing around with the technology and it's absolutely amazing uh, before we get started here make sure you check out episode number two that is our diving 101 that's if you're new to the sport or you just want to understand the numbers of the dives letters of the dives the degree of difficulty how to how to actually get a score um, so that's been helpful for a lot of parents we've been told so make sure you check out episode two diving 101 all right, so uh, today we're going to try to bring everybody a little bit of a different um, change of pace for everybody. Uh, it's been quite a while since we have just kind of talked, uh, Aaron and I, just about some topics within the sport of diving. So today we're going to bring up some different topics. Um, and a lot of these Aaron and I haven't discussed previously, some we have, um, and just kind of see our opinions, see what are some topics in the diving world right now, and maybe spark some more conversation amongst the community. And um, so we're going to kind of jump right in here. I'm going to start with topic one for us, Aaron. So you had put judging for dual meets versus championship meets in a neutral panel. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. So what I've noticed, and it's especially um, noticeable, I don't want to use the word bad, but it is bad. Um, in high school, uh, the, the dual meet judging where your coaches are the judges versus like a state meet. And yeah. what I've noticed, and it's, it's apparent also in college is just not necessarily as dramatic as it is in high school is the coaches are just judging higher. The coaches are judging higher, and then they get to these bigger meets, and the kids are frustrated because they feel like the scores are super low. When in reality, those scores at the state meet, those are the legitimate scores. Those are a little bit closer to what those dives are actually worth. And, you know, my big plea and my big takeaway is I think we need just some more coaches education and discussion on judging because you know when you give your kid a seven and a half or an eight in the dual meet season and then they go down to state and they get a five well that 
makes the kid upset and then they might not dive the, the well the rest of the meet makes the parents you know extremely upset because they think their kid is maybe a little bit better than he actually is and then of course you know the coaches are scratching their heads sometimes and you know it's it's one of those like wow the judges are really tough and they're 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 killing our kids it's it's one of those things where you know sometimes i think we need to open up our eyes and see what the true problem is it's very common for people to think that the judging is just so tough at the top levels and you know what it is tough but it's also fair and it's also a little bit more accurate if you ask me so the dual meet season i don't know how to change it but um it's just very clear that the coaches are judging really really high and it's frustrating at times yeah, so let me let me just ask you a couple questions. There's some stuff to unpack there, as you kind of mentioned. And for the most part, obviously, um, this is a topic that you and I tend to agree on. Um, but here's the questions I would have for you. So, like, um, let's look at a dome meet for a high school meet, and let's say the divers are average divers, and then there's one um, stronger diver, above average. Well, yep. you know, let's say that above average diver typically is doing dives that in a bigger meet would be a six, maybe a six and a half. Yep that then is going to bump those average diver scores down. Cause you do want to have that spread. So how do you manage that with an athlete? Like if you, cause you don't want to, if there's a athlete who's brand new to the sport, very inexperienced, you don't want to give them twos and threes as a judge. Cause you do want them to yep. enjoy the sport, but you also then, if you see a good diver and you know, well, that's really only a six and a half, that seems a little unfair to that diver as well. That, so how do you manage that as a judge in your opinion? <laughs> Yeah, it's not easy. And that is the part that is truly tough. Obviously, each competition has its own, let's say, uh, parameters. Um, you know, the better divers should be getting the better scores. But where I have some pushback is, you know, the best dive of the meet might not be a seven and a half or an eight. The best dive of the meet might only be a six and a half. And you need to be okay with that. You know, not every diver is, is eights not yeah. every dive is eights. And so as difficult as it is to go lower on those lower level dives, that's what, in my opinion, just needs to be done a little bit yeah. more. And I also think that's where people get stuck between that four and six range. Yeah. You know, they'll see a good dive and because it's not, you know, a state worthy seven and a half, they're, they're going to give it a six and that's where their scale maxes out. And then yeah. they see a not so good dive, but the kid is brand new and they want to encourage him and they give it a four. Well, that's just not big enough spread. Um, and it, it's really just to protect the integrity of the sport. Yeah. What I find myself doing more and more actually is now that I've gained a little more uh, experience, I will remember historical divers. So you know, a kid from five years ago, I remember he broke X pool record. Okay. Now I'm looking at a kid who's, who's very good. They're also scoring sixes, sevens on some dives. I remember that record breaking diver from five years ago. And I asked myself, are these two on the same level? And so it's almost like remembering all of your competitions you've judged rather than just the one that's right in front of you, because it, it, I will admit it is hard, you know, when you have a decent very capable diver doing good dives. It's, it's hard not to give them a seven and a half when you also have the other spectrum of a brand new diver doing a front dive tuck for twos. Yeah. But I just try to remember all of the competitions I've watched and judged and not just this one. And in this specific meet, the best dive of the meet, you know what? It might only be a six and a half and, and it's okay to not throw an eight for the best dive of that particular meet. So, so you fall, cause I remember this topic came up maybe about a year ago on our, our coaches Facebook group. So you fall more onto the side of that scale gets adjusted slightly, you know, maybe a half point here or there for a meet opposed to um, like, I remember there were a, a fair amount of coaches that were like, Hey, like that scoring criteria falls in every meet differently. Cause we do want to have the spread of results. So like, you know, if, if you have an okay dive or let's say an above average diver diving against someone and you, you want to continue to encourage them, let's say you give that newer diver a four and a half. Well, then the experienced diver hits a dive and maybe it's only a six and a half, but you do want to make sure that it's rewarded appropriately. So you give that a seven, like, so you fall not as much on that side, but more on the side of like that scale gets adjusted slightly as opposed to 
per meet, yeah, you're scaling it with the divers yeah. you have accordingly. That's definitely where I fall. You know, I, I do realize that you have to adjust per meet, but mm-hmm. I don't think we need to adjust as much as it's yeah. happening. Right. You know, I agree with that. Yeah. It's happening at such a massive, massive difference and disparity. Yeah. And I think truly when it comes down to it, the people who are losing in this situation are the kids. Yes. Yeah. I and and that's where I keep coming back to. You know, if you're used to getting, let's say, two hundred and 75 points on your six dive meet in a dual meet. And then you go down to state, which is 11 dives. And let's say you only score, I don't know, 350. I mean, you, yeah. you're saying that that same six dive score of 260, you're only going to get 90 more points for five volunteers. There's a, there's something missing there. And it's, yeah. it's not the judging at the highest level. It's the judging at the dual meet. It's just too high. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. You know, I was I was talking to some people the other day. I was like, it, and I was thinking about it as I read this. I was like, it's a, a disservice to the student athletes because I, I put myself in the high school level. You know, I'll use myself as an example because like I was an okay high school diver and I like I scored like 327 in high school. And I'm like, man, I'm a great diver. That's a really big score at that point in time. And then you go to college and you score 260 you know, if you're lucky in your first meet. And it was like, now I tell everybody I wasn't that good at like my freshman year, like in college, like, but that's, that's a very big eye opening experience. Like, wait, why was I scoring this in high school? But now it's like, a, it's just a different level. And so it is kind of a culture shock or a shock to the system of like, wait, I need to really get my stuff together and make these improvements. And and I think you're spot on. I've, I've seen that a little bit now. I, I think for high level coaches, I would not necessarily put myself there by any means, but I think for high level college coaches, they don't even look at scores. They're just looking at the video yep. and yep. it's like, so the score literally doesn't even factor in. It's not like if you're recruiting, you know, a football player or a track runner is a better example where it's like the time doesn't lie or a swimmer, like you hit the wall, the clock doesn't lie. Like your time yep. is what it is. Um, so I think that's like a really big thing that. I think if more high school divers that wanted to pursue collegiate diving would understand like, Hey, coaches don't care what your score is. They care about your technique. They care about seeing the skills and the attributes that you have and how you're able to like use those to your advantage. Um, So I agree with you. You know, we're seeing that you and I have talked extensively about this with the new D2 role and the NCAA thought it was going to change in terms of the number of qualifiers, relatively speaking, I think it's going to be negligible, the difference it makes. Uh, I think we might actually end up having more men this year than we have in like five years, maybe. Um, Women are going to be right around the same number at the end of the day. So that tells us, okay, the the way to qualify isn't the issue. It's how it's getting judged. If now, hey, if all, you know, let's say there's 45 women and 25 men, if they all show up and they're good quality divers that deserve to be at a national championship and they're battling it out, no issues. But if there are athletes there that, unless they have an off day, everybody at that meet should break 200 unless you have a really off day. And it's like, so if you have 10 athletes that don't break 200 at that meet, okay, there's an issue with the judging of how they got qualified in the first place. And I I feel sure there's going to be some coaches that are going to listen to this and not like you and I for saying that, but that's, that's just the truth. Like, yep. You shouldn't send kids to those meets if they're not ready for those meets. Um, you know, switching yep. stances, I think it's nice you put this on here because I was actually just talking to uh, my athletes. They were talking about the record boards we have at Clarion. Yeah. And we, have a, we have a new pool, and um, so they changed the pool records to new records. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But our team records, it's pretty unique that all of our diving records were from nationals. So nice. like the so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, and someone had told me before, if anybody's listening and correct can correct me on this, I had heard in the past that the University of Michigan actually has a standard that you cannot break a team record unless it is set with a neutral panel. So that's conference, zones, or nationals. And that's the only way you can break a team record. And I'm like, that's a really neat concept because I'm sitting there going, these records up on our boards were set with a neutral panel. No coaches had any investment or bias into it. And it's really neat to think about that. And as we see judging tend to trend towards the high side, those records that meant a lot to people are going to be going by the wayside very quickly. And it's like, we got like, you gotta, you know, I remember my high school record was set by David Pickler an Olympian in I believe 2000, maybe 96 as well, but definitely 2000, 356 in the nineties, like on one meter, like that's a, that's nuts. And like, now you see kids go 
350 like in their sleep sometimes and it's like uh that guy had like david pickler had to be better you know but right. i just think you know what are your thoughts and then I, I did have one question for you before you go on is is there the unspoken it's finals it's going to be half a point to point bump well first of all to your championship record deal i think it's super just badass <laughs> that all of Clarion's records happened at nationals. That just goes to show that you guys were all prepared. Yeah. And yeah, I would agree with that. And you were ready to go at the exact right time. So that yeah. is more of a tribute yet again to <laughs> Dave Rovat. Who we have to having, get on here <laughs> for, for having everything line up the way that it did. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't happen very frequently. Yeah. It's not an accident. Sa I mean, I, I think St. Cloud may have had one or two of those <laughs> on our record board as well from, uh, from Chris white, but, um, but that's very rare. Yeah. Agreed. Your best highest scoring diver on your record board. It happened at the best and biggest meet. Usually yeah. there's a, there's a, a bump for dual meets as yeah. I was just saying. Yeah. Um, to, to answer your question about finals, um, I think, uh, if I'm just going to answer the question, I think it would, the answer would be yes. Um, right. I think there is a, a little bit of a finals bump, if you will. It's one of those things where you, you take a prelims and if I'm on the judging panel, the goal is to work together as a panel to, uh, discover and find the, semi-finalists mm -hmm. and if we do our best job of judging we will discover and and reveal those semi-finalists and then once you're in the semi-finals it's the same situation you then um, do your best to judge each individual dive as fairly as you can and that will reveal your finalists once you're in your in the finals whether you take eight or 16 to that final some some formats are just different um you found them you found yeah. the kids the athletes that are there and that deserve to be there. And at that point, it's not like the reins loosen a little, but it's like, you know what? These kids work their tail off. They made it. They're here. Also from a panel perspective, you're watching, it's exciting to throw bigger scores, especially when people are watching, you know, yeah. how many people watch a, a, a prelims or a semis, not many, but then you're yeah. in finals and it's, it's a little, little more emotion, a little more excitement it's absolutely fun to throw a little bit higher scores. Now I'm not saying we do that all the time. The dive's got to deserve it. Absolutely. You're not just, you're not just going to give a seven and a half, eight and a half to a dive that was crap. At the same time, if you see somebody absolutely smoke an entry, you know, in prelims or semis, it might've been a seven and in finals, it might be a seven and a half. So right. it's, it's not a massive difference, but I do think there's a little bit of a finals bump and, you know, if I'm being honest, I kind of like it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not mad about it. And I think the mm -hmm. kids like it too. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think that's everything I can really think of on this topic regarding judging. Do you have any follow-ups on this topic before we jump into the next one? No, that's good. I'll go, I'll jump into the next one. I posed a question on Facebook. Uh, I, I put diver a versus diver diver B and I'm curious your input on this question. So I'll pose it again. Diver a and this is assuming here, I, we're going to qualify this a little bit. It's assuming it's a neutral site. It's assuming it's FINA certified judges. It's, a few, it's assuming it's the same exact meet. And it's assuming it's high school divers. Now, the only thing, obviously, you do not know is their list. And, and I apologize for that. But this is just a fun little argument exercise. Diver A, six dive score of 270. And an 11 dive score of 395. And then diver B, six dive score of 250. 11 dive score of 440. Question is, which diver would you rather have? I mean, I, I'm always going to say diver B. I mean, you're talking about, hold on, I got to do the math. You talk while I do the math real quick. Yep. Well, and, and it was just a fun exercise to put out there, right? Because from a division one perspective, they don't compete voluntaries. It might be nice to have somebody who can have a little bit higher max score on the six dives. And then from division three and two perspective who do compete voluntaries at their championship meets, 
it's nice to have a well-rounded kit. You know, the, the diver B with 440, you do the math, it's 40 points dive. Whereas diver A with only 395 for 11, that's under 40 points to dive pretty significantly, but their six dive score is about 45 per dive. Yeah, I think when I when I look at it, like I, I view the 20 points as like fairly negligible on the six dive. Like it obviously is, it matters when it comes down to a meet because obviously the person with the highest score is going to win. But you're talking about the vol, the the five voluntary difference being 13 points a dive. That's not insignificant. That's a pretty significant number. Um, you're talking about this person being 65 points better. Diver B is 65 points better on five dives than diver A, who is 20 points better on six dives. Yep. So when I look at that, the difference to me is, is telling me diver B maybe isn't doing the hardest skills at this moment in time, but whatever their fundamentals are are resonating with the judges significantly more over a longer period of time. Um, diver A, to me, when I look at it, it might be like, oh, maybe he has some skills and he needs refinement. You know, maybe he can spin and twist. He just needs refined. So um, here, here's my follow-up follow follow question. Follow-up question for that. You, being a coach, would you, I mean, I, I think I'm going to end up asking the same question. Would you rather coach a kid some technique that is a little bit raw but has some crazy power, crazy big dives, he just needs to clean things up, or I should say he or she, um, or would you – rather have that technical diver that does a lot of things very well but does not do many big dives yet can i just say both like i just want them to <laughs> no. um I, I think with where i am at in the division two level i think that's very important i think as i don't want to generalize but i think generalizing it and relatively speaking i think division two is more prone to getting the diver a that is more yep. raw that is less refined, doesn't have maybe the technique that some other divers do, where diver B strikes me very much as maybe they're at a mid-major on some some scholarship dollars, but it strikes me as like that person might be walking on to a major school and develop much, much better because those skills are good. And like this is me like going into the weeds on it is to me, diver B looks like I'm literally looking at two numbers. That's it. So I understand this. Like I'm just hypothetically in my head, like that tells me that diver might be the person who has been with a club team with a coach that's teaching the technique diving all year round, consistent does USA meets. They understand how to compete maybe a little better where diver a strikes me as that might be a high school diver. That's working six months of the year. If they're lucky with a high school coach that understands what they're doing, but also is on an expedited schedule. Um, sure. I think if you ask me without these numbers in front of me, I would tend to always go towards the side of, I would like to have an athlete, a student athlete that can flip and twist. And I have to take less time on the ability to somersault, the ability to twist. And it's refining that skill because that should be what our job is as coaches is we should be able to refine those skills and, and sharpen things up and polish things as it progresses. I, I think of a young man that I have coming to school next year and he can do all the tricks in the world and he just needs a little refinement. And he knows that we've talked about that in the past where it's like, if he can refine things, he's going to be awesome in division two. And, and I think that's yeah. great, but I think both have pros and cons. When I look at recruiting, I mean, like I said, I don't even look at scores. I'm looking at a video and it's like, can the diver do, if they do back dive tuck, can they do a great kick look reach, come out, adjust entry? Can they, when they do their somersaulting action, is their head in the right place? Is their takeoff balance? Like, I don't really put too much stock into the scores. Um, so I think that's really neat. And I think, unfortunately, the the, the student athletes that that come to, come to a camp or go to a clinic and they're like, go meet a coach. It's like, this is my score. It's like, okay, like that, you don't want to look at them and say, I don't, I don't care what your score is, but I really don't like, yep. I don't care. I don't care what you score. I want to see how you dive. Like, that's what matters. Yep. So um, but what I about agree. you as a, as a coach, you want the raw, you, you know, refinement, or do you want the technical diver starting out with? Well, this is really fun because we're at two different, very different yeah. levels of coaching. Yeah. I want to coach diver B because I think diver B is more prepared for the next level. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I hang my hat. I want my kids to be prepared for the next level, whether that's, 
college or they're going to do a little bit more USA diving or, you know, division two, division Mm three, division one. I want them to be prepared for that next level. And I think diver a is playing the high school game. Yeah. And it's very, it's very easy to win the high school game. You throw a bunch of DD and as we mentioned in our first topic, dual meet scoring is pretty dang high. You know, you can get a kid to get 270, 280, I mean, fairly easily. um, If the, you know, if the kid has some natural talent, whereas 440 on 11 dives, I think is way harder. Yeah. And I I think that just kind of proves what kind of coach you are. Yeah. I'd rather have the, I'd rather have the kid who's more well-rounded on all 11 than, you know, a big six optional score and then horrible voluntaries. Yeah. I I think that's awesome. Like just looking at it from a different perspective, like I'm looking at it as a, you know, coach with a freshman coming in, you're looking at it as a, I developed them to go to that coach and that makes perfect sense. Like, and that's, in my opinion, that's what a coach should want. A coach should want, Hey, I want, when my divers go away, a college coach gets them in those, their basics are good. They're safe. They're doing skills correctly. Now it's just progressing yep. and, you know, add those extra things in with a new flair, different style of coaching. Um, and the, so that's awesome. The, the other thing too, that I'm starting to see with one of my athletes is having like a diving IQ um, yeah. is so much fun. You know, when they ask good questions about why their body is in this position, even though it feels like they may get more power doing this, those diving IQ questions are so much fun to just explain why and then have them kind of buy in, I guess. And that part's been new. I've never had really anybody who's, who's advanced enough to have those kind of conversations. Like, you know, why do you want my head so high on fronts and inwards? Yeah. Why, you know, those kind of things, even in a, in a twister, you're coming out of a, a twister and you're yeah, squaring and, and your head is up looking for the water rather than down buried chest. Uh, your chin is in your chest. I mean, it's really fun to have those conversations, but also it's, it speaks to the athlete wanting to learn and also yeah. understanding what he's asking. And that's, yeah. that's, that's been really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Go ahead. So I was just going to move on to the next one. Yep. Um, we harped a little bit on the Pennsylvania uh, six dive state meet, two voluntaries, four optionals, how we didn't like it. Actually received a 11 dive format proposal from Jason Bauman that I'm a big fan of, but it would be interesting to hear your take on it, Heath. So for I'm ready. people who don't for people who don't know the current format, you have to have 9.0 or less on your voluntaries. Mm-hmm. And then the order of your 11 dive list, you have to have two vols, three ops in your first five, two vols, one op in your middle three, and then one vol, two ops in finals. Yep. Um, this new proposal is the preliminaries. So the first five dives okay. are all voluntaries. Okay. Keeping the same 9.0 degree of difficulty requirement. Mm-hmm. The semifinals, which is the middle three, it, it's three optionals mm-hmm. from all different groups. And the finals are also three optionals from at least two groups, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that part there, you know, that can be edited, of course, if you wanted to say semifinals can be from two out of three groups, that certainly would be okay. But the big, the, the big premise here is, all five voluntaries first. That's your prelims. That's where you make cuts. Then you get three optionals in the semis. Then you get three more optionals in the finals. What are your thoughts? Oh, that's a, I, uh, originally I'm like, I like it. And then as I think about it more, I think that format without question will favor any athlete who does USA diving or dives year round. Like now, in general, diving all year round is going to favor you to begin with. So I think that needs to be stated. But I think when I look at it, I like that it's everybody's doing their voluntaries and we're just comparing a vol score. There's no, you can still manipulate it, obviously, with the 9.0. You can still get creative within that. And coach and smart coaches like yourself will do that. But I think I look at it and it's like, does that format really hinder an athlete that maybe does not have an experienced coach, but maybe the athlete has ability? 
if the coach is fairly inexperienced, but the athlete has talent, maybe maybe they don't have access to a club team even in their area. So maybe on their ops, they they can legitimately go. Let's say let's say two fifty. Like let let's use two fifty. That's a, that's really respect. high. That's yeah, really like, high. Yeah, like let's let's say two fifty. Let's even say two forty. That's forty points a dive for six ops. There like you go. You, yep. you know. Okay, so like in most state meets, a two forty optional. If it's a legit two forty, it's going to be pretty respectable. It's going to compare, you know, at least in our state. I think when guys are going two forty, true two forty, they got a pretty good shot to be top sixteen in our state. Yeah, you know, may, maybe not the top eight, but they're going to have a chance. Where if they don't work their vols because their coach is inexperienced and doesn't think that's important. But now the athlete just isn't even going to have a chance to get through. Like I would go resort back to our previous, um, our previous um, question here, our previous topic, you know, athlete a with two seventy but one twenty five on vols, that athlete's very rarely ever going to make it past the first five dives. Now yep. should that like, that's, is that the athlete's fault or the coach's fault? And I don't want to punish the athlete because the coach is inexperienced, but I do like it. Like overall, quick i'm like i like that idea because it would force coaches to have to work on vols but if the coach See, is inexperienced and doesn't have the knowledge they're just still going to focus on the things that are going to win the dual meets that's my big takeaway is it would force coaches to work on the dives that you need to mm -hmm. work on i agree you with need, that 100 you need to work on the voluntaries and there'd be truly if 9.0 is the degree of difficulty limit those first five rounds are dead equal yeah yeah there's there's no manipulating uh a list there is no outside it's just this is the format can you do the basics well if you can great you get to move on yeah. to the next round if you can't yeah. well maybe you should have worked on those instead of 270 on optionals yeah i i think looking at it um I love what I love is I love the idea of the first five dives. Everybody is working and playing the same game. Exactly. Like, like I like that everybody is playing the same game with the same rules. Now, after that, that's going to change, you know, when you get yep. your offs, but that, that is what it is. But I, I love that concept of work. Like everyone's playing the same game within the same parameters, has the same guidelines. Good luck. Yep. Cause you're so going to get the divers who do the best balls for sure. That's exactly right. And if you ask me, the divers with the best balls are probably the best divers. I would agree. Typically on so, average. So, you, you know, you'd be eliminating some of those that are prioritizing the optionals more than the vols, which I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. If, if I know the rules and those are the rules, I'm going to coach to the rules. And yep. right now, the way the rules are set, there's a way to manipulate a list to get them through to finals without being good at three dives. You can literally hide three horrible dives mm -hmm. and get them to finals. And I've yeah, done I would, that. <laughs> I, I would I would ask you this, you know, like I'm I'm sitting here playing scenarios, you know, like we see it in high school from time to time. This is probably a very outlier reason, and and you should never make rules based on outliers, in my opinion. But what about that athlete that let's say they can get in the water really well? Like we all know athletes that can just get in the water, whether they have talent or not, they can get in the water. Yep. So let's say that person can do five awesome balls, like just incredible, but they can't somersault or twist. So they're going to compete a back somersault, a reverse somersault, a front somersault, a front one and a half. Like there are people yep. in America that definitely do that. You know, yes. is do you look at this format and say, ooh, like that's a disservice to an athlete that actually, you know, maybe they're not as good at balls, but they definitely are better than in ops? Um, I just think, well, that person's going to get eliminated in the semifinals. Yes. Yeah. And if that's, how they want to play it and that's how they want to do the rules you know good for them they made it right. to the semifinals but there's going to be a degree of difficulty um shortage yeah when you say you want to win a state title or you want to win a national title like there are dives that are just not hard enough yeah for you to for you to get eights and nines on yeah and continue to be successful so i mean i really really like the format um i think it accomplishes a lot it also the other thing too creating an 11 dive list for a high school coach is very difficult mm -hmm. it is not easy the format is difficult it's so complicated and so complex this makes it crazy easy do That's your true. voluntaries first and do your optionals after that and yep. if you want to get creative on which optionals are going to score more 
that's great. You can do that in the, in the semifinals and finals, but high school is the lowest level of diving. And yet creating the list is probably the most complicated and complex. I just don't understand why. Yeah. So here I got, this is a, a little, it's definitely off topic, but I got a good one for you. Uh, I was at a meet yesterday and I was talking to a coach and uh, it's her first year at the university and the, her divers have definitely improved like hundred percent. They've all improved, which is awesome to see. And we were just chatting and, and they've, this is her first year. Like I said, they lost their coach last year who did a pretty solid job, but it was funny because she was telling me how now it's important to remember at college, like the outside of, I think like Miami or maybe a few schools here or there, like the head swimming and diving coach is typically the swimming coach. They're your boss. So how do you feel about this? She told me, she goes, the swim coach approached her after some meets and said, the divers aren't doing hard enough dives. They need to do harder dives. So that way they can be more competitive at, at these dual meets and the coach, the credit to the diving coach. She goes, this is the process we're going to follow. I'm going to get them these basics and they have them so they can perform them well. So that way that we can perform the harder skills. Well, when it matters later on at invitationals, things like that, you know, what one, I think we would both agree that coach is doing the right thing, but what are your thoughts as a, a diving coach hearing a swimming coach say that to someone? Um, it's, it's tough because I agree. Uh, they are most times your boss and you need to be respectful. Yes. But, uh, I'll let a couple of people in Heath and I are in a, uh, fantasy football group chat. And, and whenever anybody starts a, a phrase with respectfully, <laughs> yeah. that, that pretty much gives them the right to say whatever they want. And it, it, it gets off the rails sometimes. So <laughs> I, I would almost flip it back to that, that high school or the, uh, the swim coach and just say, you know what, respectfully, I, I understand what you're saying yeah but you hired me to be the diving coach yep. and yep. that's what i'm here to do and this is the best way i know how to do that and maybe remind them do you want them to be good in a dual meet or do you yeah. want them to score points at conference or at nationals and explain to them why this is where we're at in our season plan and this is where we're going long term you know having short term success doesn't always lead to long-term yeah. uh, success. And yeah. it's just one of those where you, you have to put your foot down, yeah. but you have to do it in a respectful way where you're not going to ruffle feathers so much that you get fired or something yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's one of those uncomfortable conversations that, you know what? I agree. They should be doing harder dives, but I'm the diving coach and yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, I just sit here and I'm like, you know, we're very fortunate. We had two other males qualify for uh, the pre-qualification meet and I call you and told you, and the one, the one young man, we got to a point this year where we did a lot of basics, a lot of skill work. And then we finally just kind of did the math and we're like, all right, we're in, you know, November, our one meter just, we're probably not going to be, we got to dive perfect. You can't miss anything. And he was doing okay. Three or three C's solid 203 B's, but he could do 305 and 205. And I'm like, let's just work that. Like they're safe. They're ready. They're going to land on your head. Like we need to work the basics to it. And um, sure enough, like he ended up one meter might be his better event now, which is like pretty crazy to see, but it's like, it's because we took the time at the beginning to get those. So I, I agree with yeah. everything you said. I think that coach is doing the right thing, kind of sticking up for her divers and, and really believing in her process. And I think that was awesome. So there's one more wrinkle to this um, 11 dive format proposal from Jason Bauman. Um, currently the field size is 32 at the beginning. And then after five rounds, they cut to 20, um, a fairly substantial cut. The wrinkle he put in here, which I, I actually really like too, is instead of cutting to 20 cut to 24. So you yeah. include more athletes after those voluntaries so that you would give more a chance to show off their optionals and you'd give more kids a chance to make that final. Um, some of the numbers he ran, and it makes a ton of sense, when you go from 32 to 20, it's eliminating 37.5% of the field, and then the second cut is from 20 to 16. That eliminates a total of 12.5% of the field. If you do it this new way from 32 to 24, instead of having that 37 and a half and 12 and a half, each cut reduces 25%. So it's, it's more of a, um, a well-rounded cut versus a top yeah. heavy cut on the first end 
and then a little bit less on the second end, which I totally yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea. I mean, I think there are probably ways to fine tune it, but I think there's always ways to fine tune it. There's always going to be a problem with a format. There's always going to be coaches that don't like the change. And and unfortunately, like times change, situations change. And at the end of the day, I think all coaches will be better off. Like you you remind me of this probably on a biweekly basis. Like watch your bobber. Like, fo- like yep. when I focus on my athletes and my process – things tend to go a lot better. And I notice I'm a whole lot less stressed than if I ever think about anybody else. And we talked right. about that right around the new year and all I've worried about is my kids and coaches will text me and be like, so-and-so looks good. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like I did. That, yep. Good for doesn't them. Doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Hope. Good luck. <laughs> like I'll see him. At the, I'll see him at the prequel meet. We'll see how it goes. Like, don't care. Yep. I'm so with you, man. I, yeah. So I think that's great. I think it's nice that Jay, I mean, Jason is just a wealth of knowledge. Um, you know, one thing that I think is really important to touch base on the last two topics, diver A, diver B, and then this high school format. I mean, I'll phrase it to you, then I'll give you my answer. What is the what are these scenarios telling you that we need in our country more? Oh, we need more coaches' education. Boom, there it is. I mean, why why is that something we keep coming back to over and over and over? It's and, very clear. Like coaches yeah. as judges, we need help. Coaches as coaches, why are we prioritizing optionals over voluntaries? And yep. you know. When I did pose that question, Diver A, Diver B, on Facebook, 85% of the coaches, it got 91 votes, 85% of the coaches prefer Diver B with the better technique and better overall 11 dive list versus six dive list. And I think that just goes to show you what the preference is, but you're right. If we make a change to the format and we prioritize voluntaries, we need to prioritize the coaches that know how to coach them. Yeah. So it all comes back to that coach's education. I I just, this is, this, you know, every now and then you have a rant, like this is just my rant and I don't know why I'm in the mood to do this today. It's a shame that we have to keep coming back to this and, and outside of, you know, there, there are many coaches and I'm going to miss a lot of them. So I want to be extremely clear about that. One, anyone who's joined us on this podcast is for coaches education, Drew Johansson doing those camps. John Appleman, most importantly, the PDCA. The PDCA is doing an awesome job trying to get more coaches' education. They just put out a, a video from Drew about how to rip that involves Nick McCrory, and I thought that was a great like just excerpt that you can get access to. John Fox down at Moss Farms, like he is one of the biggest advocates. But like, why do we for years have we been saying we need more coaches' education? And no offense to you, respectfully for USA Diving, <laughs> respectfully, you keep saying something's coming. When are we going to see this? Like, I'm tired of it. Like, I'll say what everyone said. Like, I'm tired of USA Diving telling us something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. When are we going to see it? Like, it's time to put up or shut up. Like, that just, I mean, like, I'm sorry. That's like the 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 biggest rant I've had. But like, we've heard that so many times. And like, while I yeah. think the people in charge are great people and I think they know what they're doing, but like, hey, it's time to quit like stringing people along. Like, time time to show us what you got. And we know from talking to people, there are materials, eBooks, online learning platform. We know it's done. We know there's information out there that can be utilized and accessed. They're just not giving coaches access. Like yeah. it's a, it's a shame. So, um, but let's, let's switch paces here. Sorry. I needed to get like that rant out of the way, but um, you know, so you'd put this on here and we talked a little beforehand and I'm just going to kind of let you go off. It might be a rant for you, yeah. um, but we're going to talk about high diving, you know, when it comes to yep. Red Bull cliff diving, high diving, you know, the uh, you would put high dive in the avenue it takes to get there. Um, I'm not comfortable saying how to get there, but I think you're going to take it a different direction. So why don't you just kind of talk about it? And if there's anywhere for me to jump in with an opinion or anything, I'll do that. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I don't know that I'm going to go on a, a huge long rant. It's just a personal belief. And again, my opinion here, it doesn't mean it's right. Um, I will put that out there right now. I'm probably wrong here. I will say high dive is really cool. It's really fun to see. It's fun to see the athletes. It's fun to see that I would say all of the people doing Red Bull high dive or any kind of high dive at all have come from a diving background and a really high level diving background. So the fact that that's what we're talking about, that's super cool, super true. I can't even comprehend the stuff that they do. It's impressive. Um, The thing where I am getting a little hung up on is um, high diving at the youth level. Um, And, and, if I'm being just super blunt, super honest, I just really don't like it. Um, I think that having the technical background to do 
front two and a half pike or front three and a half pike well, I think that will set you up to do high dive in the future. I just, I don't know that it's overly relevant to have uh, a 12 year old or a, or a, you know, 15 year old doing front triple half twist off 20 meter. I just, I don't see where it fits from the youth perspective. Now I totally do a 180 when it comes to, you know, 18 years old and up at that point, you're an adult, you make your own decisions. If you want to do high dive, do it. It's really cool. There's a lot of, there's a lot more eyeballs on the sport of high dive than there is traditional springboard diving. I know I'm more of a traditionalist and I prefer the springboard diving and the tower and the platform diving, but the Red Bull cliff diving series is so dang cool. It's amazing. I just don't know that starting under 18 is just the smartest idea. And again, my opinion, I'm probably wrong. I could be wrong. I just, it's, it's hard to see some of these dives being done, um, at a youth level at a legitimate competition. It's to me, it's like, why, you know, if, if you could do front double with a half twist on 10 meter, maybe learning a front two and a half pike and ripping it with a hands entry isn't that far away. I just don't understand, um, the youth perspective. And that's, that's kind of where I just fall. You know, I love it for the adults. I think it's cool. I think it gains eyeballs, but for the youth, it's like, man, if you could have a phenomenal coach teaching you excellent platform technique, just stick with that. I just don't think there's a need to go that extra step if you're under 18. Yeah. So just throwing devil's advocate there. Let's, Let's take 20 meter, 15 meter out of it. Let's just say they're working from the traditional up to 10 meter. Yep. What benefits do you believe the skills of high diving can translate to help an under 18 diver? How about that? Make you have to I mean, like see a positive. I, I do think there's some air awareness and I do think there is some spotting. I think spotting truly does help. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking down at the water, you branny out of it, you're looking at the right cues for a front three and a half. Um, but other than that, I mean, most judges don't enjoy seeing feet first entries. Yeah. And that's just a general kind of, you mentioned the unwritten rule of you know, a half point bump for finals. That's kind of the unwritten rule of feet first entries. Nobody likes to see it. We, we all are traditional diving people and we want to see hands first entries. If, if, <laughs> If we like the feet first stuff, we may watch gymnastics a whole lot more, you know? You, you'll like this. So we were we had a meet um, on Friday and Saturday. And Friday we had a team. And, and I want to be clear. Like we invite every team pretty much that I have an email for, especially in PA. And everybody's welcome. Like I coached at a D3 school before this. I coached high school divers that were inexperienced. And like we were learning back somersaults and reverse somersaults in high school to just have them be able to compete. So I get it. Um, and we're fortunate that we have great student athletes here, but, um, we had a team that just had not been to that level of a meet yet. And it's a, I think it's a great thing for people to get to see that level. Like, Hey, cause now that team is going to go and compete at their conference championships. And they're not going to see divers better than that in their conference, which I think is awesome. But I think I was looking at it and what they were doing 11 dives. And like, we saw back doubles, tuck reverse doubles, tuck on three meter. And, um, one of the divers looked at one of my female athletes and she said, why aren't you doing 11 dives? And my female athlete said, my coach won't let us do back somersault or reverse doubles. Nice. She's like, why not? And she's like, we dive to our head. Like, it's nice. like we, if we're not ready for the skill, we're not learning a skill that isn't going to be a competable skill. You know what? We learned from John Fox just the other, you know, last year, about a, a, about a year from now, doing a back somersault, you know, Tucker Pike and spotting the knob on the end of the board. We're like, Oh, that's such a great skill, you know, like, yep. but, but it's a skill. It's not a, not a dive that he's going to have that athlete compete. So, right. Um, so I just think absolutely incredible um, to, to see some of that. I would say the exact same thing, air awareness, spotting. Um, but I think overall, again, I think a lot of this is coaches education. I think education for you and I too, like I would love to have Ellie Owen, Aiden Hislaw, like anyone, Nate, we could talk to Nate again. Like, tell us how this is beneficial for a uh, under 18 athlete that can help yep. them. Like, I think I would love to learn more about that. So, and that, I and that's on too. us trying to get more guests. So, 
um, we're going to keep that up. But speaking of guests, I'll kind of let you take the lead. Um, uh, we just kind of want to give some shout outs here. Go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah. get the people next. Go ahead. Well, as, as we know, uh, February is black history month and we just wanted to, um, give a little shout out to those that we have had on the podcast. Uh, big names like Mike Wright, uh, Diane Mays, Joel Williams, Dr. Ashley Zapata, Yona Knight Wisdom, Nate Jimerson, Isaiah Cheeks, all of you incredibly amazing people. We were just happy to, to help celebrate in, uh, in the month, uh, Black History Month. Yeah, I think. And then uh, some, some people that we're trying to get on here in the future, um, Nika Agumbiade from USC, Kristen Hayden, we've sent you some text messages. You haven't answered. That's okay. Um, well, hopefully Diane can maybe help us out because she gave us that contact there. Uh, Muhammad from Miami, who I've been in touch with. Aranza is kind of like a favorite that we keep hearing that we really want to interview. And w one person that uh, we actually forgot to ask this question last week of Ben Moldoff, uh, who he would want us to interview next. And the number one person he talked about was Ron Jenkins. Um, so we have a, a message out to him. We're really going to try to bring him to you guys. If you don't know Ron, he is just an awesome, awesome human being. Amazing story coming up through diving. Um, I think it would be an incredible, incredible person to get on the podcast. Um, and then last but not least, you have something pretty unique here, which I think will be awesome to talk about. Go ahead and take it. But uh, before yeah. you do that, just everyone have a great week. We'll be back next week for you guys. And uh, Aaron, it's all yours. Yeah, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Whitney Onyancha. Uh, Whitney dives at University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire. She sent me an awesome capstone paper, and it was titled Effects of Racial Disparity in Sports on Minority Student-Athletes and How it Relates to NCAA Swim and Dive Teams. Um, incredibly well-written piece. It was, it was eye-opening. There were many facts in there. Um, it, was, it was awesome. So I just wanted to make sure um, Whitney got a shout-out there. We'll see if uh, if we can get that uh, that more out in the world there, and see if we can add it, and so you guys can take a look. Just really, really well done, Whitney. Um, I met Whitney at a meet. I was the official. She was a diver. It was pretty cool to at least you know gain that contact, and she's doing some big things. So really happy to hear that for her. So um, if you're out there, uh, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our Gmail is the diving pod at gmail.com. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, you got to check out that new online store. I updated a ton of stuff on there. It's divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter DivePod at checkout for free shipping. I'm telling you, the t-shirts are incredibly soft. That's kind of like your base, right? And then the hoodies, there's two different styles. There's like a regular traditional hoodie. They're super nice, super comfy. And then there's also a new era tri-blend hoodie crazy soft it's worth the upgrade it's unbelievable we also threw on some richardson 112 snapback hats um and then also some some beanies some winter it's still cold up in minnesota so those um fleece lined beanies you got to check the store out it's really cool um the the leather patch it's it's amazing so go check it out let me know what you want place an order. I'll get it out to you as soon as I can. But um, yeah, that's all I had for tonight. So thank you. And we'll see you next time.